We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi guys, Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and co-host of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast with Sean Siegel. We are closing in on 200 episodes and it's competition time, but more on that in just a moment. I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, as always, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass. All you need to do is enter that code RVRADIO2021 at checkout on the website or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. You can get all the access to all of the great tools on the site, all of the content. Get yourself ready to win your fantasy championships this upcoming season. I mentioned competition time. Well, now here's the news. 200 episodes coming up here for myself and Sean. We're giving away some Rotoviz subscriptions. It's super simple to enter. Just drop a five-star review for Rotoviz Overtime on your favorite podcast app for a chance to win. The top prize is a three-month subscription and an appearance on a future Rotoviz Overtime podcast. To get a talk with myself and Sean, already have a Rotoviz subscription? Thank you for that. But don't worry, if you win, we'll add it on to your current subscription. So what are you waiting for? Drop that review today for the Rotoviz Overtime podcast. And of course, when you're there, drop a rating for today's show as well that you're listening along to. Thanks as always for being a loyal podcast listener on Rotoviz Radio. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College DeCanton Podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M and at Titan Travis on Clubhouse. If you're joining us for the first time, College DeCanton is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from being a college football recruit 
all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk some fantasy football since this is a Rotoviz radio podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And in case you missed it, there was this thing called, you know, the uh, NFL draft last week, and uh, some teams had great drafts, others not so much, like my Titans drafting a guy who was apparently accused of assault and taking wide receivers with 33 catches over actually good wide receivers. But I digress. At it, It's time to hold the first College DeCanton Podcast 2021 NFL Rookie Mock Draft. And to help me in drafting all the best offensive playmakers that will be scoring tons of fantasy points here soon, I'm joined by two of my favorite people and the most highly critically acclaimed guests of the show ever. I'm joined by Matt Wispay at Wispy the Kid on Twitter and Stefan Leco at Stefan Leco on Twitter. They have been, I guess it's, I think seven times each they've been on the show now. And so just keep on having them back. I love talking to these guys, talking through some college prospects, talking through some NFL guys, a bunch of mock drafting in the past as well. They're uh, Rotoviz College and Debbie team writers and rankers and hosts of the Rotoviz College football podcast. Jens, how we doing? I'm good. I've, uh, as uh, our listeners may know, I uh, I had a baby recently, so I am um, tired almost all the time. So, <laughs> I mean, life's good. It, uh, life is very good, um, but there's a reason why I have not been on any podcasts in about six weeks. So, yeah, well, I mean that that does take some time. I, I hear so. Uh, really happy for you and uh, Mrs. Wispay. Uh, just excited. That's it's a fun stage of life. But uh, Stefan, are you, are you as tired or uh, maybe just a little bit less because you don't have a newborn? No newborn. I've got three. And they're like at the stage now where like they take care of all their own mess. So like, <laughs> well, not their mess. Not literally. Like I have to clean up after them all the, all the time. But I don't have to worry about them waking me up and stuff like that, which is nice. And they let the dogs out in the morning, which is great. So sleep. I don't sleep because I have insomnia, not because I don't have a kid. So ah, okay, D- different thing. But I, my insomnia allowed me because I couldn't watch the Oregon spring game live because I was busy watching the draft. It did allow me, you know, at three in the morning to watch some Oregon spring game on the Pac-12 network. Which We're was, so you saw uh, that's superstar Anthony Brown, dude. Yeah, <laughs> And that's that's actually the normal time the Pac-12 games come on anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. The only miracle is the fact that it was actually on TV somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could talk about uh, all of our college football teams. I mean, I would talk about Purdue for about one minute. Matt would talk about Ohio State for uh, 60 minutes. Uh, and, but uh, we've got some drafting to do. So I'm just going to jump in because we are doing this 2021 NFL Rookie Mock Draft. And if listeners, if you tuned into the last edition of our Rookie Mock Draft, we actually had two challenges apiece. Uh, at any point, if we want to challenge a pick, we could say, nope, I don't like that pick, and I pitch a different player. And then the third party here would be the deciding factor to, to pick which player is indeed in that pick slot. Uh, so we're going to act like we're drafting in a super flex format where you can start two quarterbacks and tight end premium scoring to, you know, give like one and a half PPR uh, for tight ends. And there's a few flexes involved uh, as well. Uh, but that, that kind of just frames things. Did I, did I explain it adequately enough for you guys yeah. or yeah, we good to go. Yeah. 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 I awesome. do have a question before we jump in, if that's okay, Travis. Sure, man, go for it. Yeah, I'm curious uh, if you're if you're starting like if you're entering your your draft, is there any strategy you have? I, I, I jumped on the call a little bit after you guys. It sounded like you guys were kind of shooting in a little bit about kind of strategy 
um, looking at the draft in general. I'm curious if either of you guys, like if you have the first overall pick or the fourth overall pick, whatever, anything you're looking to do this year, considering the draft class is maybe not as strong as we had hoped after some of these landing spots. Well, I don't want to tip my entire hand uh, before we uh, get on. to mocking, <laughs> mocking here, but I think it all it all just has to do with knowing your league league mates and and how they value the top quarterbacks in this class. If if uh, a lot of guys uh, value Justin Fields still, uh, then that's going to change where I trade down to or try to trade up to. But there's definitely some some tier drop offs uh, after the first five quarterbacks and maybe the first uh, eight. Uh, skill position players outside of the quarterback position, uh, at least by consensus, that's what what it's looking like early on. So in super flex drafts, it's around a, a twelve or thirteen player draft. After that, it become it really starts to diverge in terms of the consensus opinion on on, on these guys. Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably trading a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean realistically, that's I, I think we we the biggest thing we were discussing was that a lot of these wide receiver and running back landing spots. It's just hard to find good landing spots these days. I yeah. mean, we all. Oh, no, that's true. I mean, Jamar Chase is is the one. I'm gonna just we'll tip our hand that I'm not super high on Jamar Chase, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Jamar Chase has this uh, early draft capital, what's perceived as this great landing spot because he lands with Joe Burrow. But we we love T Higgins following last year. We we we've always kind of liked Tyler Boyd. And now you add in Jamar Chase, who we are sort of pegging as like, hey, this guy's the superstar. This is the next Julio. This is the next blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, for, well, my problem is, is that not only do you have to expect this, the Bengals to be able to support two top 24 wide receivers, you're now hoping one of them is like top five. And then the other one, T. Higgins, based on what his ADP is in like startup drafts, you're hoping he's like 14th and as much as I do like Joe Burrow, I have question marks about the team build as a whole. And uh, to be very frank, I don't think Zach Taylor's exactly a good coach. And so now we're sort of playing the unknown. Like if it's if all, if I knew that they were firing Zach Taylor after this year, getting Eric the enemy and rebuilding, coming with like the best offensive line ever next year, cool. I'm probably cool with Jamar Chase as like putting him in this the same tier as like C.D. Lamb, where we yeah. have him now. But the issue is we don't know that. And, there's and, a and that's really just the beginning story. too, right? Like that's just one landing spot. And there are several others, but at least I know now you're not going to be taking him with the first overall pick and I can wait <laughs> on Jamar Chase. <laughs> but uh, we are going to kick this thing off. And so Matt, you are on the clock. And so you're not going to take, you're not going to take Jamar Chase, obviously. But I wanted to give you the first overall pick because I wanted to give you the opportunity to take your guy. Fantasy football is all about enjoying yourself. I don't care. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is probably the better prospect. My pick is Justin Fields. He is a better running quarterback. The situation is not actually bad. That was, we're talking about a team that's been fringe playoffs for quite a few years. They've got one of the, the elite apex wide receivers in the league, and they've got some good kind of like younger guys, like Darnell Mooney is a really talented receiver. They David Montgomery started to do some stuff. Cordero Patterson is alive, but whatever. He started to help out the <laughs> offense. And then for as much as Matt Nagy's job is kind of on the line, we do kind of forget that he's a pretty decent offensive mind, and I do think that he's going to be able to scheme an offense for Justin Fields, who, as we all know, I think is an amazing prospect. He's one of the highest-rated high school prospects of all time. And at Ohio State, I have no idea what you can really point to as a criticism of what he did other than Indiana and Northwestern and both of those situations, if you dig a little bit deeper into them and look for some context, there's justification. So 
Justin Fields, I think it was ridiculous that he fell to pick 11, but I see it as a really good sign that the team traded up to get him. And I see this as an opportunity for him to eventually eclipse Andy Dalton in year one. But I do think that they're going to hold him back for like either three to four weeks, or he's going to just straight Russell Wilson, the situation, and he's going to just kill him in camp. So either way, I think you see Justin Fields at some point in year one. And I think between his legs, between the fact that I think Matt Nagy's a reasonable mind and the fact that Allen Robinson is a better wide receiver than anything that Trevor Lawrence has. Yeah. And I'm no challenge here. Stefan, you want to challenge that? No, not at all. No, I mean, I like him. He's got two 90th percentile plus passing seasons plus incredible mobility and goes to a situation where I believe he's going to be the starter week one. And I think that means great things for everyone involved on on that offense. Uh, Allen Robinson finally gets the first actual quarterback he's ever played with. So that should be fun. Uh, He was 59th in fantasy points over expected per game last year uh, because of the putrid quarterback play. Uh, But he was still third in receptions, third in receiving yards, uh, and, and solid opportunity. So wheels up for Allen Robinson, wheels up for Justin Fields. Some people are going to think that's crazy, but I'm, I'm right there with you. He's been teetering back and forth with between the QB1 and QB2 for me for a very long time in this class. Over to you, Stefan, with the second pick, though. Are you going to surprise us anymore? Uh, can, do you want to trade? You want to trade up with me, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, um, here I would, I would consider trading up just because of the the fact that I I do believe there is a massive chasm drop off after those two quarterbacks. I know I'm kind of alone in that. Maybe not alone in that, but there's not as many people that are that think that there's a Grand Canyon there. But I am one. So I, if this were okay. a real draft, I would be looking to trade up. Yeah, and I'd be looking to trade down. Um, obviously, uh, honestly, if I have the 101 or the 102, I want to be 103. Uh, I'll pick up whatever capital I can. I'm happy to move back. Uh, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence here. I I do think he is the right choice. Uh, But I think Trey Lance does offer a huge upside with his running game. I think if I'm in a complete rebuild, trading down makes complete sense and going with Trey Lance makes sense. Because while I may not be able to use him this year, he'll be, once he gets going, he's going to be great. But for this year, um, and in general, if I I can't trade down, I'm going to go ahead and take Trevor Lawrence. I mean, We've talked about him for years now. Dude is just incredible. Um, He's a lot more athletic. I think people are starting to realize that now as it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. The the dude can run as well. Um, It's a different style of running. Uh, I mean, it's Andrew Luck running. It's Andrew Luck for the first like five years of his career. I mean, his entire career. Basically, every year would shock us because he had like eight rushing touchdowns because once they got within 20 yards, he said, I'm going. I don't, we don't swear much on this podcast, but I can't help myself. Um, back. Um, I can make a, I can make a, a bleep there. It's fine. What would be I, your I, preferred sound effect if, if I put something there? Bleeps are fine. Okay. I mean, if you want to just put like an Ohio, someone like, I don't know. Nah, it's fine. We'll talk Chris about Carter's it. Me <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, I, I think, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is kind of one of those guys. I think he's going to be very similar in that if stuff does start to break down in a way that he's not used to in college, I think you're going to see stuff very similar to like the 2019 game against Ohio state where he has to use his legs and he says, I'm going to use my legs. And I really like Trevor Lawrence. The only reason I, I I just think there's a difference between like four, seven speed and four, four speed. And that's the difference with Justin Fields is a guy who is a elite passing guy who can potentially be Lamar Jackson running Trevor Lawrence might be the best passing quarterback that we've seen in a long time. And he has like 
mixed in running. So I, I really like him. I like the pick. I'm not, I'm not going to be challenging here. No, I'm not either. And that's, you know, his mobility and, and underrated mobility is why I think uh, NFL teams are even more in love with him. Yes. He's got great arm strength and accuracy and everything else going. And then it's just the cherry on top with that mobility. Uh, speaking of mobile quarterbacks at the three pick here, I'm going to go with Trey Lance and uh, not surprise very many people. That was the situation going to the 49ers that a lot of people really wanted to happen and really, this is what I'm seeing often being the case with uh, the first three picks. Pretty chalky in my actual drafts right now. Seeing uh, Trevor Lawrence go first, and then one of two, either Fields or Lance, going two or three. These top three seem like the one, two, three obvious picks in Superflex fantasy football formats this year. Trey Lance, obviously a four, an FCS quarterback, but had a basically perfect season. 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions, over 1,100 rushing yards and 14 scores, and you know, if you if you chop up his profile, uh, no, it's 2019, and we can talk about that if you want to, but because he really in 2019 and 2020, his only game was against Central Arkansas, and it wasn't great. But he goes to a, a great situation where I do think he can be active in year one. I'm not sure he's going to get the job right away, but the moment that Jimmy G falters, it's it's his job for the taking, and he uh, just brings something that Jimmy G does not. So I are you do I hear you challenging there though, Matt? No, I'm just being a jerk. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I think I do think that there's reason to say a quarterback that sat out for a full year and the only game we saw him was a showcase game. You you can be a little bit more nervous. And by the, for as much as like everyone loves Trey Lance now, oh look at him run, look at him pass. He's so accurate. He's poor man's Justin Fields, and I just feel like I need to have this on the record, recorded somewhere. He is poor man's Justin Fields. He is an yeah. awesome prospect, but Justin Fields is everything he does, everything Trey Lance does, Justin Fields does better. Um, and he doesn't and have again, any competition questions. So, yeah. So, yeah. it's for me, I think it's a, I, I do like Trey Lance. I love the system. I, I love the landing spot for him. I think if Trey Lance, this is the one situation where I don't think Trey Lance gets a, gets a coach fired in three years. I think had he landed with a lot of situations, Trey Lance gets a coach fired. Yep. Well, this is where I think uh, think things start to diverge here after the first three quarterbacks off the board in real drafts that I'm seeing. Uh, So, Matt, who are you going to take at the four slot and should we challenge it? Michael Carter. Um, No, (laughs) (laughs) not yet. Uh, I'm going. No, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. Um, I'm not one of those people who believes that Kyle Pitts is a guaranteed Hall of Famer. I don't think he's the greatest prospect we've ever seen. I think he's an. I think he's an awesome prospect. He is the reason why I have to make a donation to charity um, because I lost a bet. Um, But I I do think that the landing spot is one where they've proven capable of using a tight end effectively. And they've also proven that they can carry a whole bunch of wide receivers because let's be real, at least in his first few years, he's going to be a wide receiver that just happens to line up against linebackers, not a tight end that really plays tight end. So I do like the landing spot. I do think that in a tight end premium situation, he's a little bit of a cheat code because he's a wide receiver. But uh, Kyle Pitts is, for me, the pretty easy pick in this spot in this format. Stay on challenge? No, uh, tight end premium, I think you can make the case for it. Uh, if it wasn't tight end premium, I, I might. But I think, especially like in a dynasty format, you know, locking up one of those positions, I, you know, Matt now doesn't have to worry about tight end for 12 years, you know, like that's whoa, whoa, kind whoa, whoa, of a little It's tight end. It's probably like six and a half years. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Hey, um, Greg Olson would like a word. <laughs> no, I think it's a fine pick. 
Yeah, I, I kind of, I really want to challenge, but I don't think I'm going to win. It's just interesting because this basically means in a one quarterback league, he's like the the 1.01, which like that's as much as we love tight end prospects and elite tight end prospects, it seems like it's not necessarily the safest bet to assume that, well, after this year, the number one overall skill position rookie that's not a quarterback in terms of value for fantasy football purposes is going to be a tight end since that's literally never happened in the history of football ever in any format but, at any level. And so it's just, it, it's an interesting bet to, to make. But I guess in my, here's my thought process. I w- with the tight end premium, it, it's basically saying, do I want one and a half of a, my tight end versus Najee Harris? Because yeah. that's, I'm assuming Najee Harris or Travis Etienne are probably who you're putting up against this because we all know if you put Jamar Jace, snap down. Um, <laughs> but it, I think that's, it's the question of like, if Etienne or Harris or, uh, Javante Williams, if any of them landed in, like, I guess Pittsburgh's a pretty good situation. Jacksonville seems like kind of a good situation. I'll despite the fact that urban Meyer's kind of like lying to everyone and calling him a third down back. Like <laughs> it's just this, if you were to tell me like, that's the problem is it's why this class sort of feels weird is I wish Najee Harris played behind an offensive line. That was awesome. If he did, I'd have him as easy. I probably would have put him at the one Oh three over Trey Lance, but he didn't, he landed at a pretty average offensive line. Um, and a team that despite their, like what we all think of them, Pittsburgh likes to pass the ball. I mean, they're not like the team that's going to, they're not Seattle. Yeah. Like, by the way, Seattle, it's a bad offensive line, like bottom yeah, yeah. five offensive line. <laughs> but, I, but that's what I mean is like, so it, 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 I think the idea here is if, yes, I think if you're in a non tight end premium, you take the safe route, you take Najee, you take Jamar, you kind of take whichever one of those guys you want, take Trevor because I just think that there's an there's an argument to be made that Kyle Pitts in a tight end premium league, one and a half of every reception he makes is probably more valuable than every, I mean, two carries for Najee Harris. And that's kind of my problem. Okay. Yeah. No challenge here, but it's just interesting that we're, I'm seeing this bet being made in, in real leagues uh, from, from people that when this has just never been the outcome after the first season, but Hey, uh, Kyle Pitts looks like a freaking unicorn and is amazing. It lines up all over the field and does so many things well. So, Stefan, over to you with pick five. Yeah, I will say I I wouldn't I would, I didn't challenge, but I wouldn't have made that selection myself. Who, who I would take is uh is Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase is just an outlier at the position. He has a draft capital. He's going to be um, he's not going to be fighting for playing time or anything like that. The dude had um, in his final year, he had a 0.33 dominator rating. He was averaging 21 yards of reception over almost a touchdown and a half a game. I I just, there's not a whole lot of negative things to say about him. He's going to, he's going to be just fine in that offense. I know you guys uh, were kind of poo-pooing him earlier, but I, I just think that he is, he's bust proof. And I can't say the same about a lot of the other guys that, uh, that are on the uh, on the list here. Yeah. By no, the way, I don't I don't know that he's bust proof, but I mean, he's, I, he's a really he's a very very close. very good wide receiver. He has a very 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 good production profile. Jamar or Justin Jefferson had a better one. I, I'm just saying, like I, Justin Jefferson was a better prospect to me than Jamar Chase. And why is that, I, by the way? It be multiple years of proving it, and the fact that when they were when they were both on the same team. We have two years of them being on the same team. Jamar Chase was, they tried, everyone thought they were going to put him on the field. They were going to put him on the field. Who'd they go to? And who did they load up with 
It was because Justin, it was Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is a really good prospect that still gets underrated, even though he's like a wide receiver one. Jamar Chase shouldn't but, go above him in anything. But but I'm not saying that I'm I like Chase better no, no, than no, Jefferson. I, I just I'm just saying, like, I think I think realistically, a couple years from now, and y'all can call me crazy. I think Chase's floor is Amari Cooper, who he comps with in like yeah. some of the the road of his tools that like the prospect lab and stuff like that. And to me, like if I know I'm getting Amari Cooper right here, I'm gonna take it. Like that's it's yeah. not like huge, but man, it's safe. Yeah, no, and it has jerk. upside too. I'm being a jerk here. It, I just. <laughs> I unfortunately I live in Cincinnati and I can tell you that no prospect is safe in Cincinnati. So yeah, I feel you. I feel you. On yeah. That one, but. No, that, that much is true. No, no prospect is safe as, as a Cincinnati bingo, but, but I, I think uh, if we're looking at the, the other opportunities for wide receiver in this class, it seems like there's just a consensus, huge teardrop uh, by most people when looking at Jamar chase. And obviously when he was, you know, a true sophomore just dominating, having one of the best wide receiver seasons ever. And I remember, I think you and I maybe have even had conversations, Matt, just about, um, you know, even before that full true breakout from Chase, like you and I both thought that Justin Jefferson was the better player. I remember everyone wanted to hype up both Chase and Marshall, even back when they were true freshmen. And I was like, nah, Justin Jefferson's clearly the best guy on the team. Uh, and that ended up being true at least for two of the well a year and a half there, but uh, Chase just finished so strong there. But again, it's not about just comparing those two. I think Chase is going to have a really good NFL future. And uh, that seems was his, like it was his humble brag fifth. that we were early on Justin Jefferson. So yes, yes, we were. <laughs> that is true. It is true. But uh, moving on to my pick six here, and I am. I guess I'm alone here, or almost alone here, uh, just when looking at uh, Najee Harris versus Travis Etienne uh, for the running back one this year. Uh, When I look at the situation at the Steelers with Najee Harris, I see a bunch of opportunity just waiting to be snatched up. And maybe Najee Harris has, has a good first strong season just because he gets fed a bunch, even though he's going to be inefficient because the Steelers' offensive line is bottom five, and Ben Roethlisberger is basically virtually dead at this point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's nearing that age anyway. And so I, I'm not certain that I can bet on Najee Harris past the volume just this year that he edges out uh, the production of ETN. Uh, ETN, as a prospect, I was a little bit higher on to begin with. And ETN goes to a situation where I am firmly believing that he just puts the other running backs on the shelf uh, pretty early on as this, just the clear and, and supremely more talented in every facet of the game uh, than any of the other guys there. And so Travis Etienne is my pick here at six. I, I am curious just to see if uh, Stefan challenges here at the six slot, though. I want to, uh, but I'm not you, going to hold. because I, I, <laughs> it's hard to argue against it because we, we really don't have any – like any anything to base it on. Like I think your evaluation of him isn't wrong. We're basically going to be arguing over what we think the coaching staff is going to do there. And neither one of us has a clue. Yeah. It's going to come down to Matt. I just don't think he's going to get the work that we would like him to see. And I know that coaches make mistakes all the time drafting players. Like you were just complaining about what the Titans did earlier. Like just because he got <laughs> Just because he got just, just say it. Urban, just let it out. One sec. Just say the name that you want to say right now. Just because Urban let, let like took him doesn't mean it's it was the right choice. Like I'm a Seahawks fan as well, so like Penny going in the first round, like this this kind of nonsense happens all the time. Like 
Robinson had 71% of Jacksonville's carries. He had 49 targets. He had uh, 10 total touchdowns. He had 1,200 total yards. I just don't think they're going to go away from him. They brought in Carlos Hyde as well. I Obviously, I think Etienne is more talented, but I don't know if he gets the work that that to me, would justify taking him. You know what? I am challenging you, Travis. <laughs> I've been talking this long. I may as well yeah, do it. It sounds like a challenge to me. To, work to, to justify putting him ahead. And we're talking about a super flex league. Like, Zach Wilson's going to get, like, he's going to get every opportunity. So, wait, so who are you putting up? Are you putting up I'm Zach putting Wilson? up the quarterback in a super flex league right here. I'm putting up my, my number four quarterback, uh, Zach Wilson, who I'm not as high on as most people. Um, I don't think he should have gone where he went in the draft, but he did. He went number two. They've given him nice weapons with Moore and Carter. They already got a decent, not great receiving core there. I think he's going to be able to produce for fantasy. Um, Whether or not they win games, I have no idea. Uh, And to me, it's in a super flex. I'd I'd rather have that that safety at uh, quarterback than rolling the dice on uh, Matt is dying. Let's see it. Matt is dying. Had you just said Najee, I I just instantaneously say, sure, flip it. Because Najee's by most people, I think the consensus one. But God, I hate Zach Wilson. (laughs) I don't think he's a good prospect and I hate the situation. So I'm going to leave ETN. I don't love ETN there. Oh, man. I'm going to leave ETN. Okay. I I survive a challenge. I hear what you're saying, though, Stefan, especially given that it is super flex. So it's tough. Uh, for me, I am a little bit suspect of, of Zach Wilson myself, uh, you know, with the competition questions, especially facing basically the 80th, t- you know, most difficult schedule this past year and the previous two seasons. He was frankly not good at playing quarterback. So, you know, he was balling last year, had like a top five season. Like if you look at if you put every quarterback season from 2017 to 2020 into a basket and analytically assessed it, Zach Wilson's 2020 was like a top five season. Uh, but it was against bad defenses. So it's like, it's it's what do you do with that? Uh, so it's just, it's hard for me. I, it's, I'm right there with you. I struggle to make that this election, but I think it's it's still Travis Etienne with the, the upside of his incredible two two plus seasons of 1,500 yards from, from well, three seasons of 1,500 yards from scrimmage. And a four, final season receiving yard market share, 14%. He proved he could do every last thing. So I, I love ETN. Matt, on to you at seven. Who are you taking? I'm going to go Najee Harris. I know he said they don't pass a whole lot or that they are more of a passing team, that their line sucks. But you want to know the one thing we knew going into this draft? We knew the 24th pick was going to be Najee Harris if he was still on the board. That's a team that said, we really want a running back in the first round, even though everything tells us don't take a stupid running back in the first round. It was an awful pick. Don't take a running back in the first round. Never do it. But they did it. And you want to know what that tells me? It tells me that they're going to give Najee Harris the ball pretty early on. And there aren't a lot of good running backs in this class because we tried to hype up. We're eventually going to hype up a fourth round running back that uh, isn't very good. So I'm going to take, I'll take Najee Harris. I hope no one challenges me. I don't really want to make a case for him, but Najee Harris. <laughs> Sounds like you're like talking yourself out of it right now. <laughs> I know. Well, it's I, I, my case has been made. I don't think the Steelers are an offense that you want to buy pieces of, but whatever. Yeah. Buy, but at the I same mean, time, buy the one that you think is going to get volume. Right now, a consensus, if you ask, well, if you ask Twitter, and I am currently in the middle of my 2021 rookie poll mock, they would say that the consensus overall skill position player that's not a quarterback is between Najee Harris and Jamar Chase not ETN who I just took. And I mean, I guess you could probably throw Zach Wilson in there again. 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's basically between Harris and maybe a quarterback here. So I, don't, I think you can't really go wrong. And Stefan, I, I don't think it's going to surprise anyone who you're going to be taking at the eight slot here. Yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson, welcome aboard. Like, let's get, let's do this. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start the hype train. I'm going to become a huge Zach Wilson. Hey, um, if Zach Wilson wins rookie of the year, Wispe has to buy and wear. No, stop it. I'm <laughs> Zach Wilson Don't make me jersey buy stuff. for every episode no, that we that's do. That's not happening. <laughs> uh, because oh if God. Hunter Long wins rookie of the year this year, I will buy a Zach Wilson jersey. That's how I'll buy a Zach Wilson jersey. Not if oh Zach Wilson wins it. In Superflex, I mean, quarterbacks are are important it's it's that simple it's you know you you don't want to just be rolling out with two you don't want to have three um i mean i guess three is fine but uh to me you don't want to risk it so zach wilson you know he's going to be the starter you know he's going to be given the opportunity to succeed uh they don't have a lot of uh they're probably not going to be running the ball that much um with that offense i think they're going to be relying on the passing game uh so i think zach wilson has a has a pretty good i just read an article that they drafted demonta freeman Oh, they did. They did. But he will be doing damage both running and passing. Okay. Thanks for reading the article, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Zach Wilson, no surprise there. We do have competition questions, I guess, but we love the raw tools. And he he can run again. Not a great runner. He's still not as an impressive runner as, as even Trevor Lawrence is, uh, but definitely can scoot a little bit more so than Mac Jones, the uh, quarterback five that's still on the board. And I am not taking him here. I'm actually going back to the wide receiver well. Uh, the wide receiver two, getting him at the 1.09, the ninth pick overall. In most years, I feel like that's not what happens, right? If, in a class where we don't have you know, five first round quarterbacks, you're not typically getting the wide receivers two in any draft at the nine slot. So taking Devontae Smith here, a guy that just dominated college football, uh, had had more receiving touchdowns than any power five wide receiver ever in his career, uh, finishing with a ridiculous like 98th percentile adjusted production index, which is a, a measure of dominator rating, receiving uh, yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempt, some metrics that we like here. At Rotoviz to predict future NFL success. He's got the capital, goes to a situation with the Eagles that's definitely not perfect, but gets to rejoin with his buddy Jalen Hurts there. Hopefully things go well in his rookie year. Are, are either of you guys going to challenge this at pick nine? Wasn't Devonta Smith one of the people trying to advocate for Tua getting on the field? I have no idea if that's true. I'm just going to say it and act like it's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm fine with the pick. He's not my one or he's not my second wide receiver in this class, largely because the NFL told me he wasn't the second wide receiver, and I believe them. But at least one yeah. team did. I, I mean, no, I mean, I think as we started to get closer and closer to the draft, it seemed like more teams were a little uncomfortable with the fact that Demont Smith is like 104 pounds. So, <laughs> it, it, I mean, facts. it is what it is. <laughs> 166 guys i'm not being <laughs> i'm not dumb i'm just being a jerk uh I, i'm fine with the pick i i think that i probably would go with the other one so but that's just me no challenge okay stay fine you, you gonna challenge nope uh he, he was he's my next guy on the on the board as well there nice love it well matt uh make the right pick then how about that jalen waddle jalen waddle <laughs> jalen waddle jalen waddle i don't even care that his production profile is worth i'm pretty sure is worse than henry ruggs I don't care. You want to know what he had? He has draft capital and stupid athleticism. He's immediately adding things like, hey, we're just going to throw him in as a returner because, you know, get him on the field in any possible way that we can. 
coaches already are just seeing him and like salivating and saying, oh my God, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle. You want to know what happens or what doesn't happen this year if Jalen Waddle stays healthy? Devonta Smith does not win Heisman. Devonta Smith is not the like is probably not a top 15 pick. A lot of things were really benefited by the fact that Jalen Waddle was off the field this year for Devonta Smith, and he was able to just be a freak. Whereas had Jalen Waddle been on the field, I think a lot of us are looking and saying, oh my God, that dude that basically has the same amount of yardage as him, even though he has like three less receptions per game, uh, that dude's freaky. Uh, we should probably be focusing on him. Before or Jalen Waddle was about to become my wide receiver too, right before he uh, destroyed his leg. And I probably should have just left him there. Um, but either way, I'm taking Jalen Waddle. He's amazing. Uh, and he gets to go play with Tua, even though he prefers playing with Mac Jones. It's weird. That's just dumb. Play with Tua. Yeah, I'm not going to challenge here. I mean, I, I kind of want to, uh, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'll leave it be just because I don't think Do I would win the challenge here. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, yes, you already kind of mentioned it. The, the produ- production profile is not perfect. But, man, he's got some raw, ridiculous tools. And the NFL said we don't care about his production profile. We're just going to go with the upside in Jalen Waddle. So I think his year one might not be great uh, in terms of overall volume. But I think he's going to, at the very least, maintain this level of value. So it's hard to really argue against it. Stefan, any thoughts on Jalen Waddle before you uh, make your 11th pick? I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about Waddle just in Miami. I mean, for the same reason that Matt was worried about someone in Cincinnati, I'm worried about a wide receiver in Miami. I mean, with Tua there, I just don't know what to expect. I've got my concerns, but I mean, that being said, I, Waddle was my next receiver on the on the board, so it's not like I had the guy I'm about to choose ahead of him. But I think it's just a matter of preference. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's and, and we all like Waddle. Like we love watching Jalen Waddle. Like anybody who watches Jalen Waddle is like, oh yeah, that guy's gonna play in the NFL. So it's it's not yeah. like we're we're saying he can't succeed because he has a bad analytical profile. It's just uh, we have a couple of questions about the exact opportunity that he fell into. And yes, he doesn't really check all the boxes that we typically like to see. But Stefan, over at eleven, who are you taking? So this. This is going to surprise you guys just a little bit. Um, you take one of my guys, I'll be salty. I, I'm going to take Javante Williams here. Oh, man. Um, uh, I, I think he – I don't like him that much for this upcoming year. I think him and Melvin Gordon are going to be battling it out. And, in fact, I think moving forward, I don't think that he's going to, after Melvin Gordon uh, finishes this year and doesn't get re-signed and his contract is up, I don't think that the Broncos are the type of team, just based on what they did with Lindsey and Gordon last year, I don't think they're the type of team that are going to just hand over the workload to one guy. But I do think Javante is going to get the bulk of the work. Um, You look at his final season stats. I mean, he was rushing for over 100 yards a game. We all know he was crazy with, like, over 1.7 touchdowns per game on running the ball. Like just absolutely insane. He showed that he can catch the ball as well. Uh, average over 130 scrimmage yards. Uh, he had a dominator of 0.56. Awesome season. Uh, you know who he kind of reminds me of? I could see him, you know, upside Dalvin. Like the upside play is Dalvin Cook. You yeah, know, I could see absolutely. him in that kind of mold uh, where he's able to uh, really – uh, he's not quite as fast as Dalvin, um, but he's strong, and uh, I, I like college profile a lot. And, you know, Denver, uh, I wish they would have taken fields. If they would have taken fields uh, at nine like they should have and then also got Javante, I would have been super pumped. Uh, the fact that they traded up right. to get him uh, means they they, they believe Or getting him. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. No, yeah we'll uh, see. My counter that. to your, well, look at what they did with Lindsey and Melvin Gordon. 
Look what they did the year before with Philip Lindsay, where he had a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. I think they're capable of using a, a running back pretty heavily. And I think that Javante Williams is the guy. So I'm, I'm not challenging the pick. Man, we're keeping it boring with the challenges, or, or either that, or we're, we're saving them. So no, I, just, I use mine, but yeah, I'm a true. friendly person. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the so Javante Williams, I am kind of disappointed that uh, I didn't get to take Javante Williams because uh, I do like him quite a bit. I've had him as a running back three for quite some time. I've I've got some deeper Debbie League shares, and so it was great to be able to have those because I'm probably not going to have much anywhere else just because like all the reasons that you just said, Stefan and, and Matt, I, I think long term, it's it's a better opportunity than we might think. So, yeah, Javante Williams here at, at the 11 slot looks like a lot of fun, especially since there there's you know, for most people a clear teardrop after this running back in a rather shallow running back class. So over uh, to I, round real out. quick, Matt, real yeah. quick. I want to just uh, Matt, the, the reason I, I mentioned that about. The running back room is since Fangio has come over, like you've seen a shift in philosophy. No, but anyway. it's fine. It's not. It's not wrong. By the way, I'm pre-challenging. <laughs> <laughs> pre-challenging my pick. I am actually to round out the end of round one. I'm going to attempt to select a wide receiver with the last name of Moore. And even though I went to Purdue, it is not Rondale Moore. It is actually Elijah Moore. Uh, of Ole Miss, drafted by the New York Jets, going to play with the quarterback that Matt hates. So, of course, he's going to challenge. The question is, who are you offering up instead of Elijah Moore? So, Elijah Moore is a second-year breakout wide receiver at uh, Ole Miss. I'm going to offer you a first-year breakout wide receiver. (laughs) I'm going to offer you a guy that uh, probably should have been taken by the New York Giants because they wanted a, a... a shifty wide receiver that could do a whole lot of stuff with some upside who only had one year of production. I'm going to offer you a player that's on a really high volume offense um, that could score a whole lot of points. And I'm also going to end this by saying that I found Elijah Moore before you and I feel like I should have. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to offer up Rondell Moore as my uh, challenge play. Oh my gosh. Because I feel like in a real draft, your heart would pull you to Rondell Moore over Elijah Moore. Nope. I've already made this decision once. <laughs> yeah, I have to stick with Elijah actually here. Um, I just, I mean, you're you're competing with for targets with 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 Hop. I mean, I don't know if he's yeah, I know he, but he has I, like 600 targets to work with. He doesn't have like 187 like Elijah Moore is going to have. He just might have Elijah Moore might get all of them. See, I think I think Elijah Moore is going to be Jamison Crowder, but good. Like he's going to get all those <laughs> targets, but then actually do stuff with it after yeah. the catch as well. I like that. Um, yeah. I have yeah, Elijah Moore as my wide receiver four uh, as well. So t- to me, this is the right spot for him. Nice. Yeah. Pre-draft, I actually right, had yeah. him uh, as my wide receiver three. So getting him here is uh, is just just gravy for me. And I, I think if you look at the competition around him. Uh, and the opportunity in year one is just way better. I mean, like because Denzel Mims, we 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 all wanted him to be a thing. He he's, he's not going to be a thing now. Oh, Jameson Crowder, yeah, yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, remember that guy? Yeah, Jameson Crowder. Uh, he's not going to be a thing. I mean, he's 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 not going to be a thing again if Elijah Moore is there. Like Elijah Moore is immediately better. Like at every level of play, Elijah Moore is just like taking over the market share, except for when he was behind both AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. <laughs> so I really, I mean, I'm I'm in as much as I liked Corey Davis when he was a Titan. He's dead to me now. That he's with the Jets, and I'm not really scared about him taking the targets before Elijah Moore either. I do like, like that opportunity. 
to for him to hit the ground running pretty quickly when some with some significant reception volume and 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 really everything he did in college was indicative of you know hey he can take on a huge workload he had like over 10 touches per game we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just this past year, and really proved that he was way more than just a slot wide receiver, uh, being even more efficient as a wide receiver on the outside in about a quarter of his snaps as well. So Elijah Moore, Jets to round out round one. So just just to recap, uh, we've got Justin Fields at pick one, Trevor Lawrence pick two, Trey Lance pick three, on to Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Travis Etienne at the sixth slot, Najee Harris, Zach Wilson, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle at the 10 slot, Javante Williams at 11, and Elijah Moore at 12. And we will continue making these picks in the 2021 Rookie Mock Draft here on the other side. But first, a word from our sponsors. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. And we're back. So we've made it through one round. We're on to round two. Matt, we are back to you at the first pick of round two. Who are you going to select? And, and keep in mind, there are two challenges gone. One is Matt's. One is Stefan's. They both still have one challenge remaining. I still have both my challenges. Might just spend one right here just because. But Matt, who are you going to take right here? Uh, I just made the case for him. I actually, I, I would not take him over Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is my friend. Uh, not really, but I love Elijah Moore. Um, I really wish he would have acted like a dog and peed on the stage. But uh, Rondale Moore, super explosive wide receiver. We've all seen the video of him squatting 7 billion pounds, and we've all seen him do a bunch of things um, against teams. Uh, just I, I still don't think that one game ever happened. But Rondon Moore is awesome. Broke out as an 18-year-old. Um, he's ridiculous, and you should probably try and get him in a lot of places, especially if this offense is going to become really awesome. And I think he's 
he will become for the Cardinals what they wanted Christian Kirk to become, except he's way more explosive. I have so much Christian Kirk exposure. <laughs> oh, when they took funny. Rondell Moore, I cried. And being a Seahawks guy, I cried because Rondell Moore is going to eat up the Seahawks twice a year, and it's going to be tragic. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I'm not going to challenge there. Like yeah, this is actually the exact slot I have Rondell ranked. So and not no challenge here from me. On to you, Stefan. Pick two in the second round. Y'all are going to hate this. I hate this. I want to smash my face against don't the wall it. because I do not like this man, no, Mac Jones. Mac Jones is my – my. I, I'm noticing that I value quarterbacks a hell of a lot in these super flex leagues because um, I, I keep drafting them here. Um, I don't like Mac Jones, the person, but, I mean, what he did on the football field can't be denied. I think Matt and I, we were talking about, like, why are people sleeping on Mac Jones a couple, like, midway through the season? We're like, dude, if his name was something else – uh, people would be excited about him. And then everyone else got really excited about him. And then I felt like, man, I'm actually lowering my stance on him. But I feel like early second round is a great spot. Good value for him. Yeah. Uh, happy to take, not happy to take him here. Yeah. I think it's the right choice to take him here. I don't like him though. Uh, not factoring a- in capital or landing spot. He was my wide receiver. I mean, he was my wide receiver. Th- it's, he's a really good wide receiver guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he was my quarterback three, because I think of the quarterbacks, I think, he has the highest floor of that right. kind of second bunch. So I am I'm okay with the pick. I none of us like Mac Jones. So we can move on. Yeah, I mean that, that <laughs> actually would have been my pick. Travis. That would have been my pick right there. Okay. So I'm not disappointed at all. I was in, I was in no way going to challenge that slot. And I mean we, we you and I well the three of us rather uh, talked about Mac Jones a lot during the year. Uh, just yeah. because he kept on dominating five 400-yard passing games when Alabama's only ever done that like 10 times and just balling out at the, on the biggest stages, winning a national championship and doing all the things. But uh, people still questioning him. And a big concern, I guess, for fantasy football purposes is that he's a near zero in the run game. So I think that's why a lot of people are, are taking him later, even now. Uh, but I still would have taken him right there, Stefan. So I like that value uh, at the beginning of round two for you quite a bit uh moving on to my selection here i'm actually going to go with terrace marshall wide receiver carolina panthers and uh that's that may sound crazy to some because uh wait there's there's dj moore there wait there's robbie anderson there but you know they did just lose curtis samuel and last year they did actually even with teddy bridgewater you know throwing throwing the rock they were able to have three wide receivers all inside the top 30 or so last year and Robbie Anderson's contract is nearing its end uh, and he gets to go play for his former college offensive coordinator and Joe Brady a situation that looks better and better the more the longer you talk about it uh, Terrace Marshall could be the wide receiver two and a decent offense by year two and I, I definitely like him as a touchdown scoring machine had 28 percent touchdown percent uh, touchdown percentage uh, in 2019 and was absolutely balling out last year before he uh, opted out his Missouri game. If you just want to be impressed by wide receivers, go watch that. Cause it's a lot of fun dominating uh, early on in the 2020 season. Any challenges from you guys? Uh, <clears throat> well, I became the anti Terrace Marshall guy um, for most of the draft. I don't actually know why I hate it. It's mostly, I think we all know why there's one person that loves him that I don't like, and that's why I dislike him. So uh, I'm not going to challenge this pick. I think it's probably the right pick. I will say that if, if you want to watch that Missouri game, go right ahead and then go watch the rest of the season where he pretty much becomes invisible. So Terrace Marshall is a very good player. I do not think he is a superstar. I, but I think that is sort of indicative of this class. 
Fair enough. Well, Matt, on to you at 2.04, fourth pick of the second round. Who are you going to take? Michael Carter. Uh, no, um, I'm not <laughs> going to do that to my boy, um, mostly because I don't actually like him that much and I don't want to buy pieces of the Jets offense. So I am going to take Rashad Bateman. Um, I think that the Baltimore Ravens did a lot of good things in this draft because they always do good things in the draft. And in this case, they said, you know what? You know how we've been telling everyone we love our wide receivers? Well, we're seriously going to go replace them all with better wide receivers. Yes, the offense is a little bit low volume, but you want to know what? Two years ago, uh, Lamar Jackson threw for over 3,000 yards. You know what that means? I can get 1,000 yards to Rashad Rashad Bateman, and he is a really, really good prospect that actually made it very difficult for one of my all-time favorite college football players, Tyler Johnson, to look amazing. Uh, Bateman actually made that difficult. So I'm going to take a prospect that I really like, and I don't particularly care that it's not the greatest of landing spot. I think you actually just made it really hard on Stefan with his next pick. Because he uh, has to do it. I think he has to, but Rashad Bateman, it was the obvious play here. And I think a lot of people were probably screaming at the top of their lungs, like, why is he still on the board? Because the consensus would say right now that he's about the eighth non-QB in this class. Uh, And that's this is way later than that. But I am curious. I'm not challenging. Stefan, you're going to challenge that Rashad Bateman pick? I I am not because I am clearly wrong. Uh, but I don't see it. But everyone else is excited about Bateman. I'm just not. One sec, did I, you like? Did you like Tyler Johnson? Yeah. Okay. So we all love Tyler Johnson. Rashad Bateman took a ton of his volume. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I and, like if, if Bateman yeah. would have landed somewhere else. I'm happy. Yeah. I am terrified. Like Mike. Like Andrews well, can. I'm. I'm we that's don't why he. That's it. why he's. That's why he's like wide receiver eight and not wide receiver three. I'll just say I've got him as my wide receiver eleven. So. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say so that to the wrong person. Shares, but, um, <laughs> Those are fighting words to some people. People that like live in Minnesota, like just don't go there anytime soon. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, I have concerns too, right there with you. But the first round capital, hopefully that cleans some things up and his opportunity is actually there early on. But now, Stefan, are, are you going to surprise us here at pick five in round two or are you going to keep it with uh, the obvious pick given uh, I mean, I'm gonna, where we were I'm talking gonna about I'm going to go earlier? with one of my favorite running backs Michael Carter, New York Jets, extremely, extremely excited to have him join the team. The only real question that I have, my only big concern is his, I don't love how old he is. I don't love that, you know, he, he he's a four-year player, but it's a running back. It's the first contract. That's all I care about with running backs anyway. And he's going to have the opportunity to play right away. I'm not, I'm not worried about Tevin Coleman or Adams taking touches from him. I think he's going to be um, involved in the passing game. He also, just like his uh, fellow Tar Heel, averaged 2.3 catches per game. Um, he he was averaging 137 scrimmage yards. Even as the number two back in that offense, yeah. he still had a .41 dominator. Um, he was averaging one touchdown a game. Super excited. Matt kind of jokingly referenced an article I wrote for Rotoviz the other day after That's the draft where, where I – I uh, I comped him like the upside play for for Carter to me is um is Devonta Freeman. They were drafted right around the same spot. I think um, Freeman was at one twelve. Uh, Javon, I mean uh, Michael Carter was at a uh, one oh seven. There's similar speed, similar height, weight, uh, similar players. I I think I think the comp is is pretty solid. If you look on the um, the, uh, the running back prospect lab and you just put in final season stats and you look at some of the big ones here and then you put in some of his attributes. Uh, some of the comps that come up are guys like Kenyon Drake, Lamar Miller, James Conner, um, Devonta Freeman. Like 
productive running backs who in the right system um, have been able to put up really solid years. Um, is he going to be a hall of famer? No, but is he going to be a really solid running back and be an RB two in week in and week out? Absolutely. Uh, so I'm happy to take him here. I think the upside's pretty big. Okay. Well, you made your argument and just so that we can keep the challenges even and make sure that we all have one left. I'm going to use the challenge here at the, the pick 2.05 I'm going to actually put into play another player that you actually like, Stefan. I thought you were it was going to be a little bit difficult for you here. I'm going to go with Diami Brown in place Ooh, of like Michael Carter. And I know, I mean, I think one of the drafts we we did, uh, you know, before the draft, I think you may have even taken Diami like pick 14 or something really early. And, and so, yeah, to, it's to you, Matt, between Diami Brown, uh, Washington football team, uh, or Michael Carter of the Jets. Diami, one of the best deep threats. I, I don't have to talk about him too long. Uh, in all of college football, had the deepest average depth of target in college football last year. Two back-to-back se- seasons with at least 50 catches and over 1,000 receiving yards, averaging 20-plus receiving yards per catch. Uh, so, I mean, one of the one of the best deep threats in the game goes to a situation where with a gunslinging old man quarterback that just just full yolo balls it so uh, i like his early opportunity as well so matt it's up to you you know the, uh, so i'm gonna do this because i'm in a bit of a hurry and this will mean that the 208 pick that we're gonna have is gonna go a lot faster i'm gonna accept this challenge uh, i actually do like diami diami brown a lot i think he's a really interesting prospect um for all the reasons travis said i actually i do think that this is a pretty solid spot for him because it's one of the few landing spots that while we have a lot of question marks the one question mark we don't have is there isn't a ton of uh, challengers for targets outside of uh, Terry McLaurin. So I will say Deami Brown is the new 205. Okay. So I win the challenge. Is that right? You win the challenge. I you win do the not challenge. get to keep it though because we don't play those rules here. Wait, what? <laughs> you don't get to keep your challenge in this. No, no, no. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. So we all have one challenge here remaining. And uh, let's see here. So that makes it difficult because my next pick, if I lost the challenge, I kind of actually have. I thought I was going to lose. Uh, my next pick was uh, is, was going to be Diami Brown. Uh, I'm, again, not going to pick Michael Carter. I'm actually going to go to, since this is a tight end premium league uh, in this mock that we are going for, I'm going to go with Pat Fryermuth, tight end Pittsburgh Steelers. A clear teardrop, I think, after after Fryermuth to the Steelers. So, yeah, any, any challengers there? Nope, he was up. He was in around this range for me as well. Nice. Okay. Yeah, sure. we, we love his receiving yard market share and a career touchdown market share as well as like almost thirty percent, just dominating every time he's on the field. So uh, I'm glad you guys didn't challenge that there. So Diami Brown picked five in the second round. Pat Barmuth picked six in the second round. Matt, over to you. I hate everything. I don't like this spot. I'm gonna go really against a lot of what Rotoviz thinks here. And if you buy the Rotoviz guide, you will find out why I'm going so far off the board. But I'm going to take a guy that lands with an offensive court or an offensive head coach that I really like that has found ways to utilize receivers um, that are small. Um, and I know I mentioned the fact that Devonta Smith is 104 pounds. Well, this guy I'm picking is about 96 pounds. So I'm going to take Tutu <laughs> Atwell with his second round draft capital because Ooh. for me – I'm really all about getting a wide receiver that if you put the ball in his hands, he does stuff. And Tutu Atwell has been that guy. And let's be clear. While he does a lot of it by just these little nothing routes, Tutu Atwell had a pretty solid production profile. And I'm cool with that. Oh, that's interesting. So, Stefan, I'm curious. Are you going to challenge here, Tutu, uh, 96 pounds Atwell? 
Yeah, I gotta challenge that. Why? I gotta challenge that, and I'm gonna throw up, throw out. Uh, I'm gonna throw out Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I think he's gonna have a lot more targets. I think he's gonna be able to do a lot more. Um, I think it's funny that we're t- talking about two quarterbacks that switch teams. I mean, I would obviously prefer Stafford over Goff, but um, I just don't think Tutu's gonna be able to hold up in the NFL. Yeah, you know, I actually really am high on on Tutu Atwell myself. Uh, I've I've been that way throughout the entire process. I, I I am concerned about the weight, but I really like his 91st percentile adjusted production index. I do actually like a few of the comps that are there when we mess with some of the road of his tools. Despite his weight, he got capital. But at the same time, I think Amon Ross St. Brown, I do have him just one spot ahead in my rankings right now because of the opportunity with the Lions. There's almost no real proven options there. He could come in and have the best chance for market share in terms of receiving yards that he's had since high school. So I, yeah. I, I am going to go with Amon Ross St. Brown, and that is Stapon's second challenge, but he is the new 2.07. Uh, sorry to do that to you, Matt. You'll have another opportunity here shortly to try to put him back into the draft. Stefan, over to you. I'm spitefully challenging you. <laughs> Stefan. Well, it, I'm up. And, you are up. I, I tried to take him three picks ago and couldn't get him. I'm going to try again. Give me Michael Carter. Same reasons I said before. <laughs> I believe the reason I let it go was so this would be a quick pick, and I won't spitefully challenge because of that reasoning. Okay. And plus, I actually would have held up at this point. Michael Carter falling to 2.08, pick 20. That is definitely far enough to where that is now a value uh, for sure. When and we I, have more time, I need to hear why you guys don't like Michael Carter. Because I think, I mean, other than draft capital. Good. Uh, I'm sorry. I, here's my issue. The Jets are not exactly an offense that have proven that they can really elevate any running back. They have an entire new coaching staff. Cool. Guess what? They're still really bad. They're not a good team. They do not have the framework of a good team that's going to set up and that's going to set up this like really good running game. And with that being said, he's now lumped in with a quarterback that I don't think is very good. And I don't think is going to elevate him. And once again, I don't think he's very good. Um, And day three capital. I, I just, I mean, it's hard for me to sit here and buy in on a guy as saying like day three capital. Well, they're immediately going to make him the starter. I'm not convinced that they don't. It will be interesting ah. to see if if capital shifts start to happen with the running back position, just because then the four league might not be bad. Say what? I said round four might not be bad. Yeah. If, if we if we start to see draft capital shift, because obviously after he was the fifth running back taken, wasn't he? There were because only, oh, no, the Vikings took on one. Two. That's right, sixth. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, you, you meant know, the real draft? I, yeah, they 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 took basically a returner that's not even going to see the field ahead of Michael Carter for some reason. But yeah. I'm going to go with 2.09. I'm going to go with Trey Sermon, a guy that I think a lot of people have going ahead of Michael Carter in their rookie drafts. Uh, Trey Sermon did get day two capital. He's going to the 49ers, had an incredibly strong finish and productive finish in really just December of of last year, uh, injured in the first play of the national championship game. But I, I think we all like Sermon, even like three years ago when he was a freshman, just a lot of hype coming in and he ends up transferring to Ohio State from Oklahoma and uh, finally got that that boom that he needed in his production profile to get drafted high enough. So anybody challenge at 2.09? I'm pretty sure I called him dead like seven several seven, seven separate times. This is what happens when I drink one beer. Um, all right. Uh, but, Welcome to dad life. Uh, he, I, I, I don't know that he's a great prospect. I do like the situation a whole lot better than some other ones. So um, I'm fine with it here. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, we all, you know what? We let's see. Stefan's through two challenges. Matt, you got. Oh yeah, one I'm not allowed to challenge anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So Stefan, let's see. Actually, Matt, you got one more challenge. I've got one more challenge, and we're actually gonna just cap it at, at uh, two rounds on this one. We might come back and do a, another one over the summer. And uh, add a third round once we've seen some camps and other things, uh, and, and we Matt's actually understand. Kid is older. And yeah, and Matt's kid is older. <laughs> but Matt, so two at the, at the two ten. Who are you going to take right here? I took him last round because I really do like the opportunity, and I think that he's an interesting prospect. I'm going back to two two Atwell. I think yes, there are questions about whether or not he can hold up over the long term. I would have said the same thing about. Like if he's as small as we all think he is, I would have the same questions about the guy at the college level. And you know what? He held up just fine. So Tutu Atwell is a guy that I think is shifty. I think he's going to do a lot of stuff. And I I like him more than the dude that we are all sitting here staring at and avoiding. (laughs) You know what? Just even though I definitely don't like this guy, I'm going to out of just uh, just curiosity, I'm going to challenge and say that because of first round draft capital, that Kadarius Tony should be the pick here at pick 22 overall. The last remaining first round uh, player is skill position player. And I, I want to put the pressure on a Stefan. So Tutu Atwell, second round capital. Kadarius Tony, you know, first round capital. Tony does not have the production profile, but Tutu does. But Tutu has weight concerns. Tony does not really. Uh, I mean, we could go back and forth on this. I'm curious your thoughts though, Stefan, because it's up to you. Yeah, this is tough for me. Uh, I like Tony to start the year, and Matt Matt and I talked a little bit about some of the Florida wide receivers earlier, and I thought Tony really flashed. I thought he looked really good. Uh, Tutu Atwell is special, though. I just don't I just don't know if Tony – I think different landing spot. I think Tony is the right call here, but I just – I just can't do it. I'm going to stick with Tutu. Okay. Well, I, I was actually, uh, I, I mean, was, I was Dan- thinking, Daniel I'm... Jones, man, Daniel Jones <laughs> is so bad. He really like, is. So really bad. Is. Like how many yeah. touchdowns is, is Tony going to see, get this year? Like if Galladay does anything at all, like, and then with Saquon healthy, like, I just don't think Jones does enough. I, I really am. I, I mean, I are, we certain, the problem. are we certain Kadarius Tony is the wide receiver too on that team? I think you could make a case. He's like, starting off the depth chart at wide receiver four yeah and he's possible, maybe yeah. and that's and he's why maybe kind of like a cordero patterson type guy where they're just trying yeah. to figure out little ways to get in the ball and you're talking about it i mean a gadget player at that spot and if the concern about tutu is volume he he's probably already higher on the depth chart yeah because tutu looks like he's clearly the, the third option right away out of the gate uh, but tony yeah i just wanted to see what you thought because you know stefan yeah, I remember us even talking about that breakout and, and what that meant for his future capital, even, I guess, last October, maybe. But that that was interesting just to see your take there. Stefan, over to you at one. pick 11. So, so, homer pick here, boys. I'm going Dwayne Eskridge, uh, wide receiver. Out Challenge. Of Western, He's a billion years old. Out of Western Michigan. <laughs> a billion. Um, <laughs> Seattle had the opportunity to trade back, and they didn't want to because they want him. We saw what David Moore was able to do in this offense as the wide receiver three. Uh, he's gone. Eskridge is going to step right in, uh, unless Cade, of course, <laughs> just balls out as an undrafted free agent uh, for Seattle. Um, but I think I think Eskridge is just going to have a monster year. Um, I, I think I think he's going to be just solid. Uh, excited to see what he can do. It's hard to like look, looking at his numbers, looking at his like. Uh, it's it's kind of hard because you know he was at Western Michigan, but I mean the dude averaged like 130 yards a game 
I'm excited to see uh, what he does. He also averaged up 1.3 touchdowns. Excited to see what he can do with the Seahawks. Uh, they desperately need another weapon um, outside of just Metcalf and Lockett. And he's kind of, uh, he he wasn't my first choice uh, for the Seahawks to get right there at wide receiver. Uh, but I did have uh, Seahawks drafting a wide receiver with their first pick at plus 800. So I was happy to cash that. Um, but yeah, Eskridge is my pick right here. I just to throw that in there that I made some money on, on, on Dwayne already. So I have to return the love. Nice. I'm I wanna curious. Just, I want to so, challenge. Matt challenged. I know that's I want to challenge with one I know that's going to lose, and it'll be quick. I'm challenging Dwayne Eskridge with other athletic freak on the water or for the Seahawks who went undrafted to Morion Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and that is kind of a uh, just I hate a kick him so in the much, face. But it's fine for Stefan and and really, I mean, we, I don't know. We all liked Morion Terry at some point, right? Uh, no, but, no, I didn't. I did. Yeah, dude's a I freak, mean, athletic freak. He was I a lot felt, of fun, I, anyway. I had him at like in Devi leagues last year. I got shamed into putting him in the second round at the beginning of the year. And everyone was like, you're so low on him. And then all of a sudden he just became terrible and terrible and terrible. And every time he got, they were like, Oh, well this is where tomorrow and Terry is going to do well. No, terrible. And then he went undrafted. I yep. don't care that he's athletic. He's yeah. not Dwayne Askridge is also, also athletic and he's actually going to get some volume. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the volume part, but I'm going to stay with Dwayne Eskridge. I, even with a serious challenge, I probably would have I would have kept it here just because of the tier of guys that kind of are all clumped together really close for me at the wide receiver position. And, and Eskridge does feel like a small sample trap, really only producing in his fifth season and doing so in a six-game sample. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was basically the most efficient offense in college football last year through the air. Uh, and it had a lot to do with Eskridge and his speed. It was against Mac level competition, though. So there's a, there's a lot of questions there. But I'm going to keep it there, Dwayne Eskridge. And I'm going to go back to Kadarius Tony, even though I do I can't believe I'm saying this like twice in the same draft. But I don't <laughs> I, I don't even like Kadarius Tony. But first round wide receiver at pick 24 of any rookie draft that is absolutely stealing. And that will wrap up the first two rounds and wrap up the first. NFL rookie mock draft here say, on the show. But Matt, if I were going to challenge here, I would yeah. challenge with Kyle Trask as a completely legitimate option because I do think that we're starting to get to the range where you might be able to make a case that Kyle Trask, who is a year away from probably being getting a serious look as the starter in Tampa, yeah. is someone who should start considering. Not a real challenge. I already wasted my challenge intentionally. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think we should all sit here and say yes tony has value yes he has capital yes he will get an opportunity just he's not going to be on any of our rosters yeah yeah for sure stefan who would you have challenged here with had you had an extra challenge can i answer a different question sure and get y'all's thought on something so javian hawkins is someone who um i think i think it may have been blair that wrote about him a couple yeah a couple months ago blair and dave um, i think did yeah super excited about him didn't get drafted but man he's in atlanta Oof, that could be that could be exciting. There's not going to be a whole lot of competition there outside of Mike Davis. Mike Davis, 28 years old. Um, just curious what y'all's thoughts are on Hawkins. If he's something that you know, late, like third round, late, uh, maybe someone you're throwing a dart at uh, in rookie drafts. I actually don't think UDFA is a death as uh, a death nail for uh, running backs. There was a study. This it's probably outdated at this point, but I think it was by John Moore on Rotoviz probably yeah. four or five years ago. And one of the like more valuable targets to get was um, undrafted free agents who had a combine invite. And I do think that would have really encompassed JV and Hawkins as like a meaningful type player because 
their breakout was basically the same as anyone after round two. Um, mm. So their breakout rate was about that level. It's old. Like I said, it's dated. But at the time of when it was written, that was about when it what it was. And it was a guy, this would have been the guy that I probably would be targeting in that style of, he landed a decent opportunity. He had a nice production like profile. What that article usually was pointing out was guys that didn't that weren't combine booms, but they were productive guys in college. Um, that's kind of what you'd be looking for. I actually think Hawkins probably is more athletic than what would have been in that case. And I think in a traditional combine year, he probably does get drafted. But with that being said, it's hard to, to argue against the landing spot because like you said, Mike Davis is, I, I mean, I like Mike Davis. I, I'm going to own shares of Mike Davis this year because I think he's pretty valuable in that offense. But two years from now, I don't think they're really banking on Mike Davis. And if JV and Hawkins finds a way into the starting lineup, whether it by injury um, or by just playing really well in limited sample size, um, I do think he's pretty valuable. Yeah, I mean, the entire road of his team is pretty high on him. We actually had a, a, an extended discussion about where we really should have him rated uh, for rookie drafts. Uh, and really where our team kind of landed was kind of like early fourth round value for, for rookie picks for the most part for JV and Hawkins, just because it is still that he is a, an undrafted free agent. It, it's it's an uphill battle already out of the gate, but it is probably the best UDFA undrafted, undrafted free agent uh, landing spot of basically any other skill position player in the entire league. So he had a really high breakaway run percentage, a lot of things going for him, uh, but we just didn't see the capital with him. So that is an interesting note, definitely to a guy to target later in rookie drafts. And another guy I'm targeting later, later for me uh, in rookie drafts is Ramondre Stevenson, a guy who comes out of Oklahoma, former Juco running back, and really the guy that sent Trey Sermon packing. Uh, to Ohio State looking for more of an opportunity because Ramondre Stevenson was just clearly the better running back at o- Oklahoma in 2019. Uh, and a lot of people don't even know this, but Ramondre Stevenson had a 2,000-yard season at the JUCO level, which is absolutely absurd, by the way. That doesn't, that does not, it's not, that does not happen at the JUCO level. Uh, but he, he did that. He did that and he came in as one of the highest JUCO uh, transfers in the country and, and immediately usurped uh, the best running backs that Oklahoma had to offer at the time and finished with almost 900 yards from scrimmage in his final six games for Oklahoma, really fixing that offense by himself. And now he goes to the Patriots where honestly he could be the best back on the team right away. Uh, so that might be an underrated spot to target in round three of rookie drafts as well. But thank you guys for joining me again. I mean, you guys have been on the show just about as much as I have. So should, <laughs> should probably, uh, should probably start uh, sending you guys some checks or something, but, <laughs> Deal. <laughs> but uh, tell the listeners again, where they can find your work and uh, something you're working on right now. You're excited about. I'm working on uh, having a child be a functioning <laughs> human being. Um, That's so tough, I'm not going to be Very producing tough. a ton of content. Um, <laughs> But you can find me at Wispy the Kid on Twitter. I still tweet every once in a while because I'm up at awkward hours of the night these days. So, <laughs> 3 a.m. like just random thoughts from Matt Wispy. That's I right. Love it. Love it. Stay fine. Yeah. What about you, man? Yeah, we still got the podcast coming out uh, once every other week, a little bit more than that. Um, so check this out. We we're going to do a, a show kind of dedicated to DFS this week, kind of talking through strategy, similar to what we did when you, we had you on the show, Travis, yeah. where we talked about C to C. So just getting into some college DFS, what it looks like, how you can make some money. 
Um, so that'll be fun. We're going to have uh, Kyle Borgengold. I cannot say his name. Borgengold-E on from the Fantasy Footballer DFS show. Uh, so, yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, so check that out. That'll be coming out later this week. Nice. Well, listeners, please do leave a rate and review. It helps the show. You can leave a question in your review if you want to get it on the show. I can't believe that the 2021 NFL Draft is already in the books. Uh, We'll bring you plenty more rookie and college football content here this summer. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Tune in here soon. And as always, if you have any questions on anything we talked about on this show or others, feel free to reach out to me at FF underscore Travis M on Twitter. And I look forward to you all joining me here soon for many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. By Michael Carter. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.